This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. Take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. The Five Star Zone with Rico Beard. Welcome to the Five Star Zone. Rico Beard, Evan Jenkins on the other side of the microphone. Evan, it feels weird that we're actually just doing a real podcast and not an instant reaction. Vacations are over. We're back to work. We're back to the grind. We're healthy. We're healthy. <laughs> That's a big thing. We got uh, football to wrap up. We got basketball to talk about. There's a big basketball game coming up tomorrow night. No, I mean Saturday not tomorrow night. night. Saturday afternoon. So yeah, uh, and that snuck up, didn't it? It did. Like, I feel like there would be more lead up, but it also might have to do with Michigan's early season struggles too. Yeah, Michigan doesn't care about basketball anymore. Let's just, let's just call it what it is. Yeah. Well. well I mean, during Michigan football's run, it would be hard to turn your attention to that, especially when the way they that they've played. No, Michigan doesn't know how to split their attention and have both football and basketball attention they've, going on. Michigan State has done it for years. It, it it's the oh, somebody sent me the meme, and it was the you know from the Avengers from the Infinity Wars, and it was just like, so you finally beat Ohio State, and it was like, what did it cost you? And it's Thanos saying, Michigan basketball. <laughs> I mean, it, it's something. We'll get into it more. So, but uh, we got some players who've decided to transfer out. Some players hit the portal. Some players who've decided whether they were going to go pro or not since the last time we talked. Probably Aiden Hutchinson, uh, surprise, surprise. I mean, that was a given. As soon as he gave his like hired an agent, I'm right. like, well, nobody thought. There's no way he was coming back. Jaden Reed, Michigan State wide receiver, deciding that he was coming back. I kind of saw that. And it was between the three. It was Jane Reed, Jalen Naylor, and Xavier Henderson. Honestly, I thought all three were going to come back. Because I'm thinking if anybody leaves, it would probably be Reed because he has some market value. I, I don't think Naylor has – in a heavy wide receiver draft, we'll have to see. He's betting on – you know, he's gambling on himself. We'll see how that works out. He's been injury prone his entire career. I at think MSU. that's it right there. It seems like every time lately he stepped on the field, he's ended up getting hurt. Even in the Peach Bowl, I thought he hurt his ankle, and I was like, "Oh my goodness!" So I guess his thing is the next time I get hurt, I'm gonna get paid to get hurt. So well, I can understand that he'll get a combine invite, right? He sh- he should. I think if it, yeah, I mean, I think Tucker knows enough NFL people to make sure that. He can get his guy into the combine because I mean, he has those intangibles. He, he has does. the speed. He has the athleticism. So when he goes to a combine, I'm not saying it's going to be DPJ numbers with like that, but he's going to be on the upper half with a lot of it. 
Yeah. Yeah. Michigan football just never oh, escapes oh, okay. us, does us, Rico. John Jansen has his football helmet on. Uh, you, he, you woke the beast up. I, I really did. So, Rico, I, I'll, I'll share a little behind please, the curtain. Please don't come in here. Rico. <laughs> <laughs> so, Rico got the Michigan State helmet that they wore against <laughs> Michigan. He brought it in today for me to see. I decided to be a smartass and wear it into the studio and bring John Jansen's Michigan football helmet in. Right. And John Jansen decided to headbutt me. And I told Kang, if Evan hit, if, if John headbutts him in my helmet, Evan just bought that helmet. John was going to have to give me some live read money if I was going to have to buy that helmet. So. Who's up next? <laughs> you you awakened the beast. Dude, I don't get no, paid for that. So. My head's small, dude. I wear like seven and a quarter. There's no way Rico's head's fitting in that nah. thing. I'm, if I'm taking the hit, John, I'm getting paid for it. I, I'm, I tell you what. John, you gotta get in front of a microphone if you're gonna talk in here. (laughs) You are more than welcome to wear this one. Oh, it's a big heads. You know what? Here's the thing. Here, here's the funny thing about that. Mike came up with a great thing. Thanks to COVID and mask stuff, if I ever want to go incognito someplace, put on a mask and throw on a Michigan cap. No one would ever know it was me. (laughs) Yeah, a mask and yeah, you'd be all set. No one would ever be like, he looks like Rico, but but it can't be. He's got on a Michigan yeah, cap. It's not him. It's he not would him. never wear a Michigan cap. You can do the same, John. People are like, looks like Jansen, but nah, that yeah. wasn't Jansen. I'm not sure there's a place I want to go where I'm that desperate to be oh, not all right, noticed. Give the mic. He's oh, done. He's all cocky. <laughs> he's all cocky. <laughs> Wait till he sees Kenny Cotton and Jimmy Powers. Oh, I know. <laughs> <laughs> You know, that, that's good fun, though, right yeah. there. Just having fun with the rivalry. I've totally forgot. Oh, we were talking about Naylor, and I just think that if he goes to the Combine, he'll put up athletic numbers that teams are going to look at and say, I see it there with him. Yeah. But I was shocked. I thought it would be the opposite way with Naylor coming back and Reed, but we still haven't heard on Henderson, which you were talking we about. We haven't heard on Henderson. I, I got a feeling Henderson is probably leaning towards coming back. I don't know anything specifically, but I just got a feeling that he probably will come back. I think a lot for him is it, it'll be difficult to prove his worth when you keep looking at Michigan State's secondary. And you're going to look at the secondary as a whole and say, well, you were the leader of this. Mm-hmm. And it blew. It was one of the worst secondaries in college football. Mm-hmm. It's gonna, He's going to have that held against him, I think. I, I think so, too. And he, and he can come back with a lot to prove. I mean – Henderson was like one of the bright spots on that defense. I mean, you you remember early on the interception he had against what Youngstown State, yeah, that one handed interception. Yeah, yeah. And I still wonder if that was more scheme or players or trying to still learn the scheme or having now, a scheme where you, know you don't what have it was, the right players. Evan, I know a lot of a lot of Michigan State fans hate the secondary, and and I say I don't think you guys really know football. It really was the pass rush. It. The the MSU defense and especially the pass rush was a paradox because they had a ton of pressures, a ton of sacks, but on first and second down, on the key third down, they never could get that pressure. First down, yes. Second down, yes. Third down, brain dead. And no one could do anything, and they just pick people apart on third down. I think with the upgrade that you have and guys coming in, I think you're going to do better when it comes to getting that pass rush. The fact that I know a a fan favorite in Cal Halliday who had to pick six in the bowl game, Cal Halliday, with the upgrade that Michigan, with the guys that Michigan State's brought in the transfer portal, Cal Halliday could be a reserve player. That's not a knock on Cal Halliday. Not at all. It's saying you've increased your team's speed. 
You're not beating Georgia and Alabama with Cal Halliday back there. Heck, Ohio State, you're not beating. You're not. I mean, it's – but if Cal can come in on specialized downs and, and then now – you can well, use him to the, your best ability. And that's where the best teams really are, are the teams that really have depth. Yeah. And if, if somebody has to come out for a player or two, it's not a liability when their sub comes in. Because I say that to people, and they're like, well, he's the best player on defense. Like, it's not a knock on him. No, and he was this year. He was their best linebacker. But when but he goes out, you, right. it's Noah Harvey. And that's a big downgrade, in my opinion. Noah Harvey can rush the pass, but he can't defend a running back or a tight end or anything like that. And I agree. I think having depth with a guy like Kale Halliday, who's still going to play right. plenty during the game, it doesn't matter who's on the starting 11, right? That doesn't matter in right. a football game. It's all about but on your third rotation. But on third down, you know, you had a you don't have to drop Kale Halliday back in coverage. On yep. third down, now you can go with some guys who are a little bit faster back there in the coverage. But uh, so Henderson, we don't know. Chris Hinton. Uh, for Michigan, that was a big shocker. Did not see that coming. No, because I thought him coming back, he could have really raised it his, was his time. draft stock. Because, yes, he was going to be the guy on the D-line. It was, was going to be his time. And I wonder how much that has to do with Sean Nua leaving for I USC. I think that had a lot to do with Sean Nua leaving for USC because you got a new coach coming in and you don't know exactly how you're going to fit in. You've seen it all the time where a guy could be a stud. and I mean, look at all the people that Don Brown brought into Michigan to be the Viper position. Mike McDonald's like, what the hell's a Viper? I don't play Viper here. Now you're a man without a job. So right. when a new coach comes in, you know, you, you may not have that spot. So I guess he figures, I'll take my chances. My dad played in the league. Maybe I can get latch hold to a team somewhere and, and see what happens. Dalen Baldwin, I, I guess. I mean, he wasn't – he didn't have the impact that he thought he was going to have. And, and I think Michigan fans, too, thought he was going to have a bigger impact because, I mean, what was the game where J.J. threw it across his body, Dalen Baldwin, and got that touchdown? Think, and, yeah, Western Michigan. And I think that, you know, Dalen Baldwin kind of saw the writing on the wall that he wasn't going to be a main cog here, and he's not about to transfer and sit out again because he already used no, you that got up. Ronnie, you got Ronnie Bell coming back. You got Andrew Anthony you emerging on the Sanders scene. Sanders still and your tight ends. And he would I be, think Michigan thought that he was going to have the impact that Kenneth Walker had at Michigan State where he was just going to become that guy, especially when Ronnie Bell went down. Yeah, and he just never separated himself. And then, you know, in the Orange Bowl where you let up on a pass, like the writing's yeah. on the wall, dude. And I don't know if he's going to get drafted. Maybe he can be like – Cody White. And, I can't see him getting drafted. You know, I mean, get, unless on, get on a practice to, squad, hope a lot of people get COVID or get hurt, and you Jim, can get elevated. Yeah, Jim, Jim pulls some strings, gets him at the combine, and he blows it away. He's the type of guy that he would probably have to run like a damn near 4-4-4-3. Four, 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 yeah, get, or be one of those like Byron Jones and run a 4-2 or jump out of the gym right, or something got, He's going to have to do something at the combine to get people to go, whoa. Yeah, because I don't think he's like that tall or that fast. Or he's anything. an average wide receiver. Yeah, so I mean, it, it's interesting. And it was something that Pat Narduzzi told me years ago, and it's true. He's like, of all the positions, like he was like, when we come to recruiting, wide receiver is the most dime a dozen position. I don't lose sleep if we lose a wide receiver recruit. Well, because no, there's mean, always another one out there. Well, every high school team is running seven of them. You know what I mean? It's not right. like quarterback. You got three or four out on the field at a time, and I mean. You want to see the best for these kids, that they're making the best choices for themselves, and you can't blame them. 
And, I mean, there's interesting, but, I mean, every year after a season, you're going to see kids leave early. You're going to see kids transfer. You're probably going to see a kid on Michigan State or Michigan that you are like, they're transferring? Why? You know what I mean? It'll make you question, but it's just the state of college football. Yeah, it is. And uh, so, yeah, you're looking at those are the biggest names. Reed coming back helps out Michigan State and that wide receiver core because you got him, you got Trey Mosley. Yeah, you got Keon Coleman, you got Christian Fitzpatrick, you got Malik Carr. Yeah, I think Carr is going to take a big you're step. Some, you're, you're going to have some weapons around. And and here's the other thing. Jeremy Bernard. You're oh. probably saying, who is that? I know who he is. I just learned about him yesterday, Jeremy, actually. Jeremy Bernard. Jeremy Bernard, I think. Jeremy. G-E-R-M-I. Yeah. Um... He committed. He's from Vegas, I think Henderson. He played briefly with uh, Caden How Caden Howard How Hauser. Hauser, yeah, the quarterback he, coming from the Michigan State. What this year he, he committed, played at Liberty. High yeah, school. he he committed to Washington, and he he's already got his he's gotten out of his letter of intent. He committed to Washington back in 2020. Okay, so he's been a Washington commit for years. Signed early signee in December 15th and has since gotten out of his letter of intent. So he's free agent again. And it appears that Mel Tucker's about to pick up this wide receiver to come in, 6'3", big receiver, um, four-star guy, if you're looking at the stars. And, and now you're going to add another wide receiver to go along with the guys they got coming in here, Antonio Gates Jr. Because I thought for a second when Naylor left, that they were going to go after maybe a transfer guy in Brandon Rice, the son of Jerry Rice. Yeah, who was at Colorado when Mel Tucker was but there. But then I remember that Brandon Rice kind of lit Mel Tucker on fire on social media when Big Tucker time. left. Yeah. You know, I know politics makes strange bedfellows. Maybe they could patch things and, and you know, say, I was angry, Coach. But, no, nah, it looks like uh, Jeremy Bernard will probably end up getting added to this class, so that will be another wide receiver. Isn't that, that unique? I thought a lot of schools won't release you if you're going to go to a school that's on their schedule because Michigan State does play Washington this year right it does but that, man, that was those days are, I think really kind of gone oh man did I date myself <laughs> yeah I mean a lot of times because it, it used to be well you could transfer but you can't transfer in the conference right then you can't transfer teams on our schedule now it's you know what dude you don't want to be here so be it you're going to transfer anyway so let's just get this out the way mm-hmm. you want you want out fine see ya so I don't even think this counts as his transfer. He just got out of his letter of intent because technically he hasn't enrolled yet. Yeah, and that's the key. I mean, listen, those aren't contracts that you're signing with your national letter of intent no. and saying I'm coming to your school. But Well, technically they are, but you can get out of any contract, and he did. Well, that's very true, too. And I guess he's got history with Hauser. Hauser put out the, the – he tweeted out the little eyeball emoji thing. Is that like – Listen, anybody that tweets that that has some kind of like attachment to a university or a school or a team, like Norman anytime means you tweet just an eyeballs, I guarantee you you get twenty five tweets or saying, What's going on? What's going on? What, uh, do, what are you hearing? Uh, just tell me. Yeah. <laughs> just between you and I and everybody else out on Twitter. That's like the most powerful emoji out of all of them right. are those two eyes. So everybody has their little things that they do, but yeah, yeah. So no, because like for me, I'll just uh Lately, I've just the the Allen Haller fist bump. Oh yeah, at the Michigan game. <laughs> oh, what's going on? What does that mean? What does that mean? I, just, I don't know. Just, just having fun. Just having some fun. But yeah, 
that's another guy looking to, to come into uh, to MSU. So wide receiver spot, I think they'll be okay. There's still, you know, the offensive line is is you know the the big head scratcher of you know what it, can they get that offensive line going for Michigan? I think it's their defensive line was their strong point. I got I think you know losing your defensive line coach and losing so many people off that defensive line. That's why Hinton shocked me. Because this was your opportunity. To be the man. I mean, it's just really Mozzie Smith, that's it. Yeah. On that line now. And and I I don't know. You know, who's gonna come in? Now, I didn't think Mike McDonald can flip that defense the way that he did. So I'm not saying that they're gonna suck on the D line, but No, because let's be honest, when the season starts next year, they have a pretty favorable schedule. They have a high school schedule. As a matter of fact, Cass and King have tougher <laughs> schedules than Michigan's schedule. So, I mean, Michigan's going to be highly ranked next Evan. year, and it might be smoke and mirrors. Evan, I think I may have told you. Do you realize when their senior day is? Yeah, what did you say it was? Their like, senior day is the last week of October. They're going to play because they're going to flip the schedule around. Michigan State's going to be at Michigan. Yep. And most I likely think, Michigan's going to be at Indiana. And, Is that what and, it, and, and, and uh, yeah, Michigan and Indiana gets flipped around. So these are their first four games for the Michigan Wolverines. Colorado State Rams. Is McCaffrey there? Dylan McCaffrey? Is he still the quarterback? He may be. Yeah. Um, the Hawaii Rainbow Warriors okay. come to town. Uh, the Yukon Huskies, the powerhouse that they've been. Right. Oh, what's Dan Orlovsky going to do if he has to broadcast that game? Um, and then they go Maryland, who might get a little bit better, with, but that's still at home. October 1st, you go to Iowa. Then you got Penn State, Nebraska at home. Michigan State will be at home. Illinois will be at home. And then you go on the road to Indiana, Rutgers, Ohio State. So your last three games would be on the road. So, I mean, going into it, you should probably at most have one loss, maybe two. I mean, right. So the Indiana game got... It hasn't been. That's just right. like what right. people are talking about. No, that's going to get flipped. So yeah, if, if that's the if that's the schedule, your final game is at home is October last week. October twenty ninth. Yep, against that's Illinois. Senior day. Your first eight of nine games. That's crazy. At home. Come now, on, man. We know playing at Kinnick is tough. If they play at night. So yeah. So we'll we'll see. I mean, the schedule set up. It lines can, up for them that they can rebound. If if you were ever going to play new people and do new things, exactly, you're going to switch your quarterback, which I'm sure will be a podcast down the line. Yep, that's the time to do it. It's going to be a to me a lot of false hope because you won't really be battle tested at all. Yeah, you won't really know what you have. Yeah. So, but uh, yeah, for their D line, it's going to take some retooling. I don't. I think we could say it's safe to say it's kind of like Michigan State's running back situation. It won't be the same as what you saw this year. Oh, it's gonna be a big no. difference. It's big, gonna be a drop off. Yes, big time. Unless, unless you can hit another home run, it's gonna be a drop off. Yeah, if you places. get lightning in a bottle with another running back. But you know what? That's where Peyton Thorn is gonna have to really mature. See, and here's the problem that I have with Peyton Thorn is, I, he's gonna have to find a way to seize the moment and make this his team. You. In the bowl game against Pitt. And Pitt's out there with a third-string quarterback. And you knew Michigan State could eventually win it. But Peyton Thorne. It took way too long. It yeah, was, his, his, he's going to have to do, throw something other than that 
buffet to to read. Yeah, I mean, he threw that nice one in the first quarter, and then between that and the fourth quarter, he did absolutely nothing. The right. fourth quarter, he was very nice, and I'm like, why now, is granted, this happening? Yes, Pittsburgh brought some pressure. They brought some things, but it's— and they did have a very good D this I, year. I did not feel like he took control of that game. Well, that's where he's going to have to step up this year. Because, right, it, you don't have Kenneth Walker. I think that it was like Kenneth Walker was Batman and he was Robin. Yeah, no, that was Ken's He survived, team. and he did everything based off of what Kenneth Walker did. And games that Kenneth Walker didn't play well, he struggled. Big Nebraska, time. Indiana, you look at those games, and it's like, well, you know what? When Walker played great. He played great, made big throws. He's got to put that on his shoulders. He's got to take that next step and become that QB. So we'll see what happens there. Well, out with the old. That season's done. It's over. We move on. But there is a season going on right now. Yeah, um, there is. And last night, to, to make the transition, Malik Carr and Keon Coleman were sitting behind the Michigan State basketball team. So it looks like those two will be joining the team. I don't know to what extent. I got to think, and, and before we get to basketball, let me wrap this up. I got to think that it, it's going to be not as in, as intense as those two think that they're going to be. They're good practice players. They're good foul trouble players. I don't think they're going to be instant impact players. Not Neither one of those guys are going to sit down. Anybody on that Michigan State team. As a matter of fact, I can't see anybody going in over a Pierre Brooks who barely gets into the game. Yeah, no chance. Because even when Brooks has been in there, I feel like he's played pretty well. And now, and I also don't don't think that Malik Carr all of a sudden is going to be See, Matt Tran and, I, and get a I'm lot a, of minutes. Dude, if I'm Malik Carr, maybe I spend my time in f- doing football stuff. It is interesting. But I think Malik Carr could be special. He really could. I think Malik Carr could be an MSU version of a Kyle Pitts. And before people, oh, he's Sandy's Kyle Pitts. No, but he could be that version. He's a big tight end that you can line up in a receiver spot. You can put him at a tight end. Who's going to guard him? Linebacker? Safety? You're going to put a small corner on him? You saw his catches over the middle in the bowl games and in the final games of the season. He's picking up 20, 20 some. He's making the catch and still running the ball for another 20-some yards. If I'm Malik Carr, I focus on football because if he does that, I think he could do enough. He can go to the league next year. Yeah, now, I'm not saying he's going to be drafted fourth overall like Pitts, but no. That's... And with the way the NFL is changing to have these athletic tight ends that right. can really play a role on your team, he would fit that mold. Like, I would take this off season and really just do a deep dive into football. That's just me. Basketball's his love. Keon Coleman saying, "You got a chance to be the other wide receiver." You know, don't get passed up because you were shooting hoops in the Breslin Center. By somebody else who who really dedicated themselves, right? Well, now I know he, they got promised that stuff. So and and Mel T- and Izzo did say it's Mel Tucker's decision. So, but obviously Mel Tucker's not going to be the guy that'd be like, no, you're not doing right. that, and he wants to still be favorable because they do want to get kids like that in the future. No, as no, well. it, it it looks good, but man, both of those kids got an opportunity in football. Oh, it's just. You're working a side job now, yeah. Instead of just really putting the, the the focus on your main job. So, but yeah. Anyway, the hoops, Michigan State. I, I it, it's funny. I look at this team. I don't see a top ten team. I see a team that keeps winning, but when I see a top ten team, I think of you know when they played Baylor, when they played Kansas. You saw the difference, Evan. You saw the difference between a team that can win a title 
and MSU hung for a half with both teams. Stupid turnovers. They're still making them. Just unforced. I mean, my God, when you put A.J. Hogart and, 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 and Joey Hauser on the court, you just sit next, I sit next to the guy and say, okay, in the press box, and hey, I'll bet a dollar that within the next two possessions, one of these two will turn the ball over. It's a safe bet. Yeah, see, I, I felt better about Joey Hauser over the last few games. Now, Hoger is a kid that just puts his head down and goes, right, and doesn't always think of what's best for that basketball play. Hoger to me, is a guy that, in his mind, he sees himself a lot bigger and faster than what he physically can do. So his turnovers are like, you can see where he thought that this was going to work. Yeah. But once he realizes – Okay, I need to be who I am and not who I think I am. I'm not, you know, Russell Westbrook. I'm not this type of person. I can't do these things. Right. You know you know what I do really like about this team though is I feel like every kid has confidence to score. And in past years with Michigan State, I didn't necessarily feel that way, but Malik Hall, he he has no hesitation. Gabe Brown obviously has no hesitation. No, as he Malik, stepped up and Malik, been the man. Malik Hall is feast or famine. He man, is when he's on. He's on. Feed him all day. But I just, I just like the fact that there's no. Listen, Gabe Brown is the guy on this team, but everybody else has no problem playing number two, and and I don't think anybody hesitates, even from like Marvel. I mean, the, the steps that Marcus Bingham has taken to realize. This is what Hogar needs to do. Yeah. Realize what the heck you are. Marcus yeah. Bingham has realized, listen, I'm going to block shots, and if I'm not blocking them, I'm at least going to disrupt them. I can play a little bit on the post where he can do that little fade and pass the ball well. You know what I mean? And that, that's what he's needed for. I think Tyson Walker has taken a huge step from game one to game 15. Yeah, but to me, it, it it's still, man. It's, You're it's still hesitant with him. Yeah, but it's, it's, the, no, it's the freshman, man. Max Christie. Woo! Max Christie has crossed that freshman bridge that most freshmen, when they play for Tom Izzo, are afraid. Or they they're, don't hit it until the tournament. You they're know afraid, what I mean? They're, they're, but they're afraid to shoot the ball. They're afraid they're going to get yelled at. And, and Christie, like last night, took that game over. And he was shooting shots where – because at first, I'm like, come on, man. You, he he kind of looked like the kid from the pampered high school who didn't really, you know, take a lot of pounding down low. And it's like now he's like, screw that. I'm out here. And he you're looked not like a kid me. that didn't face much competition in yeah. high school, and it was easy for him. Yeah, and and you've just seen him take these progressions of assertiveness on the offensive end, and you see why he is a five star kid. I mean, he's smooth with the basketball, right? Because the whole time, I'm like, I don't understand how people have him going in the NBA draft. It's like you're drafting strictly off potential. These last few games, I see what's going on now for MSU. Their biggest problems right now, slow starts. Yep. Last three games, they've had a very slow start and just turnovers. Now, And they, and they kind of curtailed the turnovers against uh, High Point and against Northwestern. But in, in the game against Nebraska, they let Nebraska stay around. 
Because people are like, I didn't think Nebraska was going to play that well. And I looked at somebody and say, this is what happens when you give a team 20 extra possessions. Oh, 100%. They and, look a lot better. And the fact, I mean, what was that spread? Like 15, I'm looking at 15 it. 15 and, and a half. And they got up to like 16, and then the end of the game happened. And, and then there the was guy hits a couple three-pointers. He thinks he's Steph Curry and ruined my that, I'll ruined be honest. Bet. That kid is pretty good, that McGowan's kid, that freshman that they have. Yeah. And I know his brother's on the team, too. And they were talking about how he's, what, their highest recruit they've gotten in a long time. That kid's going to be nice if he doesn't go pro right away. I think he's a very nice player for them. But it's it's good to see that Michigan State can overcome those turnovers and still win by double digits. Not saying that that's something that you want to thump it's your still chest weird. on. Yeah, it's, but Evan, is still weird because they're in the top ten, both coaches and AP poll. Yeah, because both their losses are quote-unquote good losses, they're, right? Right. They're um, projected to be a two-seed in the tournament as of now. Oh, you saw that too? Yeah. The projections are a lot of different ones. Now, Michigan, on the other hand, is – some don't even have them in the tournament. This is a key four-game stretch. They've already lost to Ru- at Rutgers. They got Michigan State, followed by Purdue, followed by Illinois. And if if you're Michigan, if you Evan, if you lose all four of these games, I, I don't know if you bounce back. I don't know if you make the tournament. You you would have to go on a historic run. They got Michigan State Saturday at home. They got Purdue sat at home on Tuesday, and then they have Illinois at Illinois on Friday. And then what's the game after that? Because they got another tough one, don't they? Maryland. Maryland. Who yeah. hates them. Exactly. And so Michigan. And then they're at Indiana. You know what the problem is with Michigan? And I know a lot of people bagged on him last year during tournament time. If Mike Smith comes back, this is a different team. Yeah. They don't have a guy that can run that offense the way that Mike Smith did. No, you're um, right. Devontae Jones. A transfer that came in. Devontae Jones. He your can't point find guard, his legs there. Did not score. And that <laughs> he did not score. And I think he had like two Rutgers. assists or something like that. Two and, assists. Yeah. And listen, Eli Brooks is a very nice player on a college team as a role player, but he's like your guy right now. And I'm not taking anything away from Eli Brooks. I think he is a very good player. But I don't think he's a player that you want to lead your team. I think Caleb Houston is a little shell-shocked out there. He's had a couple nice games in a row. I think he scored 20 in one, but then there's other games. Now, Caleb Houston, kind of how we talked about Max Christie. It's he interesting. Looked, he looks like a guy who played at, you know, he, he never really had to rough it up down yeah, I, low. And I'm not being a hater here, and I know he was a top. I, don't, I see more potential in Diabate than I do with Houston. And the only reason I say that is because I see Diabate, he gets the ball, he takes it to the rack. Like, right. he's taken um, just this game against Rutgers, these drop steps that he had in the middle of the lane, and I'm like, that's that's a pro move right there. Right. And then I watch Houston. It's interesting. I mean, Hunter Dickinson is what he is, flat out. That's what he is. He's right. a seven-footer that needs to score down low. I understand that he's trying to extend his game to show the pros that he can shoot a little, but that's not his game, right? Yeah, see, I think that may have been the worst thing is now Hunter Dickinson is out trying to sh- play for him. He's not playing for the team. He's trying to play to improve his draft stock. Last year, he was about whatever it takes. This year, it's about how can I make the scouts see I can do this and this and this. They look like Michigan kind of looks like five guys who all met up at the gym and are playing for the first time. Yeah, and they turn the ball over a lot, which Michigan notoriously over the last few years hadn't turned the ball over. And maybe expectations were high because they they let the world know they had the number one recruiting class coming in. And, geez, it doesn't look like that at all. I mean, I think they brought in six players, and 
really none of them are jumping off the page. No, I mean, Frankie Collins, who didn't play against Rutgers, was out with COVID. He he shows flashes where he could be a guy, but he reminds me of A.J. Hogart a lot, right. where he just puts his head down and goes. Um, and you brought up some Evan, I, I, I think that it's probably, it may be 60-40 with the 60% of they're not playing this game on Saturday. Okay, so that that that's I don't, interesting. I don't, I don't think Michigan's going to be able to play this game on Saturday just from from for COVID reasons. So it was Brandon Johns was out with COVID, and Frankie Collins were the two big ones that play. Um, I forget the kid's name. A uh, big guy, he hardly plays for them. Roud or something like that. He was out, um, and then who was the point guard? Why can't I not buff kid because. Oh, I can't remember his name, but another there one of their other point guards was out because of personal reasons. Right, and you're right. I mean, if the, if Michigan shows up with that roster, uh, against, Frankie Collins, uh, Jaron Fouls, Fouls, Terrence Williams, Terrence Williams. Okay, he's and a role Zeb player. Zeb Jackson for them didn't play. Zeb Jackson is the guy that I'm thinking of, and Jeb, Zeb comes in and he gives he gives them a little spark here and there. Um, Cody Bufkin, when he was out, you can see that kid's not ready to play big time basketball yet. But you can see where he could develop. Right. But that's the difference in we've talked about it. Recruiting five stars, you gotta hope that those kids can all gel right away. Where John Beeline wasn't getting those kids, but boy was he developing the hell out of these kids. Right. And you know what? Listen, I'm not gonna take anything away from Jawan, but he was playing with a lot of those Beeline guys that developed into what they were. And so now, and listen, this is why you're the head coach of Michigan. Develop these kids and show improvement, right? Right now, Caleb Houston still projected like a lottery pick. Yeah. And I don't know if that's true. That'll like, get you fired. You know what I mean? And you draft him, that'll get you fired. And I just this is this is a show me time with Juwan Howard, right? Now every team goes through slumps, right? But as much as we've people have bagged on Tim Tom Izzo twenty what, three years in a row that they'll make the tournament. I mean you can do it to where you're consistently. Dude, this is this is their this is a rough four game stretch for them. This is where you make your money as a head coach. You really At the beginning do. of the season. This this looked like okay, they could probably end up going three and one. Now it looks like they may go one and three, zero oh and four. You know what's interesting too is with Michigan, they've always defended the pick and roll really, really well. And in college basketball, that's such a big deal. This year, they're really struggling with it. That game against Arizona, now listen, I know Arizona's a top-10 team. They killed them on the pick-and-roll. Like, their bigs just had a night. And I don't know, who was that kid that would come in and spell um, Dickinson last year, 51, the six-year senior, big white kid. I forget his name, too. But they don't have a backup center, really. And that's a big problem in the Big Ten. They got a lot of young players, and Purdue's as, as I said, seven three dudes. You got Kofi. it's hard, but no, but it's hard to feel sorry because you, these guys were considered the best class. Okay, show me, and they haven't. Yeah, and you know everybody can blame sickness, and everybody's sick nowadays. They may not play this game Saturday. It'll be interesting. They would have to announce that by tomorrow, right, or today. I'm just saying. I, Evan, from what I'm hearing, it's more of a leaning. This game may not, they it may not get played. You know what's funny too is there because there is not a spread on the game yet. I looked it up this morning, and the ESPN predictor it does have Michigan winning. Oh, I told you, I, uh, my buddy out in Vegas was like, uh, yeah, he ran his numbers. Michigan's a one point favorite. 
Wild. I was like, really? I was like, run him again. He ran him again. Yeah, they say 60% chance Michigan wins. And, I mean, I, listen, that's closer to 50-50, but when you watch these two teams and the body of work they put out there, you would say Michigan State should be a three, four, five. Well, you got to figure maybe the rivalry thing kicks in. I'm, I'm, I'm assuming that Harbaugh brings his football team out at halftime. Oh, yeah, I didn't think about that. That this is when, you know, you it, it's like it's, we hate Michigan State. And look at, like, I, I fully expect Tucker to do that. Uh, in a couple of weeks when they when they come back to Michigan State. Yeah, because they play at the end of January, so they get both those games over right away. It, that is interesting to think about bringing the team and, and to celebrate that team, but then does that overshadow your basketball team? Yes. But yet I don't think they really but care. You're right. You want to fire the team up. You want to fire the crowd up. Yeah. You want so- – you you brought something interesting up. You is Michigan State their bigger rival in basketball? Yes. Then? Okay. Yeah. In basketball, yeah, they want to beat Michigan State. They didn't care about Ohio oh, State. No, not at all. It's like, yeah, it's cool because yeah. the football team does it, but no, it's not that big of a rivalry, no, right? It's basketball, always... they want to take down Izzo. They want to take down Michigan oh, State. Yes, Izzo's enemy number one. It's always Amherst. a successful year for them when they beat Izzo and MSU, and. Yeah, for this game, if you're MSU and you go to Chrysler, I mean, both teams turn the ball over. I think if Michigan State keeps their turnovers to 13 or less, I think they could easily win this thing. Yeah. Um, This is a game where, yeah, you'll probably see a guy like Gabe Brown who grew up in the shadows of Ann Arbor. This could be his time. You know, it'll be interesting to see how Max Christie handles a crowd. And and I guess for if you're Michigan State, how quickly can you get the Michigan crowd out of the game? Yeah, because they they've turned on this team. They they're I mean they've gone full stereotype. They're looking forward to spring football, which and is a shame. Because and I think Evan, I think by this time next week, yeah, I think that the fan base if if Michigan loses to Michigan State and then loses to Purdue, and you're staring at Illinois on the road, who's playing a lot better. You go zero and four. You start off the Big Ten one and you're not one and five. Yeah, you really don't come back from that. No, it's an uphill battle, and I mean the Big Ten has proven that. Now you're playing on Wednesday, third Wednesday, on in the Big Ten uh, tournament. Game. Well, and they have the target on their back. They have been the top dog. They were the Big Ten champs last yeah. year. You think Illinois? And for is some not reason, they just keep pissing off teams because I guess Did you Diamante see- got into a fight. Like in the handshake line, yeah, had to be restrained. Match, right. and I'm like, like, you know, Maryland, you had Juwan threatening to kill the coach. <laughs> uh, Illinois, think of Illinois, they got into a pissing match because well, they thought they were Big Ten champs, right. and Michigan was Big Ten champs. And it's just Michigan State because they woke up and Michigan State's colors are green and white. Yeah. So yeah, your your players, Purdue's probably the only team you haven't pissed off yet. No, but they're pissed because you were ranked higher than them. Right. And and you're going to tell me that Edie ain't looking at Hunter Dickinson saying, I'm the big man in this conference? Yeah. You know, and that kid, he's really stepped up. By the way, that Webster kid, was that his name for uh, Nebraska last night that shoots 70% yeah. from the field, went 8-9? nine. That kid needs to transfer to a big-time program. Yeah. That kid is legit, well, man. Nebraska's transfer you, so may, I don't know if he's already transferred. Yeah, maybe he not. did, but oh, my good, Like, that is a kid that – Every team in America wants. But the reason I brought him up is because that Edie from um, Purdue is shooting 70% from the floor and then 70% from the line. And what do you do against a seven foot three kid that can do that? 
You know yeah. what I mean? That's that's almost unstoppable because you don't want to follow him to send him to the line if he's shooting seven to ten. I mean, the fact that you know he's benched Travion Williams, who could go and play for any team. Wait, he's been benched. Travion comes off the bench. Yeah. Wow, because he has been produced. No, he big. plays. Yeah, I know, but, but... It, it's kind of like Malik Hall. You're gonna play, but we're gonna start somebody over you. Okay. And he was okay with that, and it's working out so far. So that's a kid that has tortured Michigan State. Well, it's personal. Yeah. Once again, you know, he thought he was going to be a Spartan, and he wasn't. He wasn't offered a scholarship. So, yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's this is uh, this doesn't have the same feel that the football thing did. Not doesn't have the same fire. Doesn't have the same passion. Like I, said, I don't even think the game gets. If I had to bet money, I don't think the game gets played. Man, that's a shame. It and sucks. if it gets played, you got to hope that it gets postponed and not canceled. Yeah, that's because I'm thinking maybe, but you know what? But it may end up helping Michigan in the long run because if it does get postponed, then you can get your guys healthy. It for these. probably gets played at the end of the year, and it gives Michigan a chance to get a signature victory, like Michigan State did over them yeah. last year. You get to a signature get victory in. in March, and that could catapult you. Maybe into into a better seed or into the tournament, or even into that that last four where you get to do a playing game. Which so, yeah. it will be interesting to see. I mean, I I like what I see out of the Spartans. I still, you know, the turnovers are there. Michigan will will wait and see what happens. I mean, UCF like that game they shouldn't have lost. They were up eleven see, points in the Michigan's, second half. Yeah, they the amount of leads that they've blown, and like, they give up the three like no if, other. If, if you're like Saturday, if you're Michigan State and you're down by ten. You don't hang your head because Michigan's given up ten point leads in the second half before, and it, it over and over again. It's crazy to see. You, uh, UCF went on an eighteen to one run. Hey, Michigan had them beat. Yeah, what like, did they make eight straight threes? Right, it's like ridiculous. what the heck is going on? So we'll see. But uh, hopefully, there's the game Saturday. We'll have a little bit to say if they do, but. Ah, fingers crossed. We'll see if it happens. I'm really hoping because I'm looking forward. That game's at 2.30 Saturday afternoon. That's what my Saturday afternoon was going to be based around. Now, my question this week, Rico, mm -hmm. I asked you earlier when the basketball season was starting who you thought was going to be the champion in the Big Ten, and you said Purdue. Have you changed your stance on that? And who do you think would be the Big Ten title? I still think it's Purdue. They are the team um, to beat. I, I think they're the team to beat. I think they'll have some hiccups. They'll lose some games. Yeah, they lost that tough one to Rutgers. Um, I think they just lost to Wisconsin, too, but Brad Davidson has been there for like 35 you know, years. And also, you know, watch out for Ohio State and MSU. Well, EJ, EJ Liddell, I mean, that's an NBA player right there. Yeah. And Michigan State, you can never count those guys out. Izzo's well, looking Michigan comfortable State got on pissed. the sidelines. Well, they got pissed because they, did, they weren't picked. They weren't ranked. Everybody rolled them off, and Izzo's just using this to his advantage. Yeah, Ohio State and, and Michigan State probably finished 2-3, but I still think in the end Purdue will just win it outright. Yeah. Maybe by a game. It, it won't be anybody running away. And if you told me there was a three-way tie at the end of the year, I wouldn't be shocked either. Okay. But I don't, I don't think you're going to have a year where one team is just like Four Illinois. Four games above. Like yeah. when Illinois or like when Jaron Jackson and Miles Bridges and they, Michigan State won the title with like a month ago. They did. They really canceled that one early. But you're, you're right. I think there's a lot of parity in the Big Ten this year, and a lot of teams 
are very competitive. I'm not. I, I just hope this isn't a repeat of last year where we all thought the Big Ten was this something special. No, I don't and, think there's something special. And they but, get popped in the tournament. No, I don't think there's something special. But I just think like I think Purdue is still the best team. Well, when you got two bigs like that, it's tough now, to beat. Now, but here's the thing. I think that I don't think Purdue will go the furthest in the tournament because in the tournament it's about guards, it's not about bigs. Yep. And maybe that Purdue keeps finding bigs. It's like they grow on trees. <laughs> but when you get into the tournament, you got to have the best point guards. They really do get these huge kids between Isaac Haas and this E. It's like, what is right. going on? I mean, just even going back, I mean, it was, yeah, they, I forgot the other kids' names, but they've always had just tall a guys. tree out there. Two of them. Yeah. I've, Wow, I never really thought about it like that. So that's that's what they go after. But yeah, we'll we'll see what happens. So hopefully there's a game Saturday. We'll have a reaction if they do. If not, we'll talk to you guys next week. Your question? Any more questions? No, nope, that is it. All right, for Evan Jenkins, I'm Rico Beard. Thanks for listening to the Five Star Zone. Keep subscribing. Keep telling your friends, and we'll be back next week.